So now we're going to have just a glut of pork. Hey, this is the David Allen Show. This is a special shorty episode again. Uh, we have a few minutes here. Uh, David's with us because David is still in quarantine. How are you? <laughs> nice. That's good. Sorry. Uh, we, we, we're foregoing all the formality, all the jingles, all the music, because um, there are pressing matters we must attend to. We're just going to... Uh just bear down to the the bare essential the bear yes we are we're in, standing in solidarity with our war heroes who are what it sounds like uh getting laid off <laughs> and losing their jobs and losing their pay having to not work i mean it seems like these war heroes that we had the uh the the i stand with hero people uh, they, I, I don't know, what what in the world? They're laying off people left and right at the hospitals in this state. Yeah. Yep. You think that was intentional? Or is this just a, a horrible side effect that they no one saw coming? Well, I'm sure it's a side effect that most people didn't see coming. Um, plus, you know, y- you have to think, if fewer people are working or out and about, There'll be fewer traffic accidents. There'll be fewer, uh, just a a whole host of things won't happen. Um, Fewer people will go in to see the doctor on their regular visits, Mm -hmm. meaning fewer additional diseases or cancer or whatever will be diagnosed. So, you know, it's going to, you know, everything's going to slow down. So... I find it interesting the state of New York put out this directive to all uh, EMS that if somebody's in cardiac arrest, you are not to resuscitate them. What? No matter what? No matter what. If their heart isn't beating, you're not to resuscitate them. And then there was this huge out, you know, uh, people were just went crazy. And then they backtracked and said, no, I guess you can. Wow. Yeah. That seems kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, so at this point, is it we don't care what the patient's desire is? See, that's that's absolute lunacy. So because they don't want to fill up the hospitals as much as possible. So rather. <laughs> wow. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's crazy. What in and the then world? I, I, I don't know. I thought I sent it to you. Uh, somebody was explaining on why the uh, hospitals in New York City were so empty, mm-hmm. the non-coronavirus non-coronis, uh, uh, hospitals. And it was because they had a like a 25-question checklist or 25-item checklist that you had to check off on in order... Um, to uh, transfer people to certain hospitals or to allow certain type, types mm-hmm. of procedures. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, they basically made it that, uh, it, I mean, it just completely shut everything down. So, wow. It, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> that is insane. Um. I'm trying to find the executive order that I read uh, from the our governor, 
in this state of South Dakota. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> where she said to not. Um, no, oh, here we go. Okay, well, th- this is a should, so I guess at this point it's not a shall. This is all healthcare organizations within the state of South Dakota should. Okay, so they have the option. Uh, implement or continue to follow CDC guidance and maintain their exceptional efforts to prepare for the accepted surge of patients needed. Um, Fifteen Postpone all non-essential elective surgeries to conserve and thereby maximize supplies of personal protective equipment. So that's the point. No, I, I, uh, I understand that. Um, but then, you know, a good number of the people won't be there mm-hmm. to actually, I mean, the staffing won't necessarily be there mm-hmm. <clears throat> because uh, they've gotten laid off. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, where I, uh, well, was and sort of am mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. working, mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, as of uh, a couple weeks ago, they said, week and a half ago, tentatively, April 27th, mm-hmm. go back now, they're saying tentatively May 4th. So after next week, it'll be interesting to see what the tentative mm-hmm. All right. date. Interesting. So I, I found the revision of the order that we just read, and it was ad- edited to remove the word should and replace it with shall. It oh. says all healthcare organizations within the state of South Dakota shall... Implement or continue to follow CDC guidance and maintain their exceptional efforts, blah, blah, blah. And shall postpone all non-essential elective surgeries to conserve and thereby maximize supplies. So, how many people... So, you're not going to get any work done then? Me? Right, no, none. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, What does that... What does that do? Like a a non-essential elective surgery, what would fall in that? You know, I would like having a mole removed. That's probably non non uh, essential elective, right? Um, well, in some states, gallbladder surgery might be considered mm. non elective. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> what about um, benign tumor, tumors okay. that now, aren't? It, it does say surgeries, so that would imply that just regular checkups you could still go to. I would assume. Um, right or not? Or did it say procedures? It says all non-essential elective surgeries. That's all it says. Okay. Uh, one second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where'd you go? This this is riveting radio. Everyone. I want to know what per- uh, emergency to elective surgery ratio. Ooh. <laughs> now this is interesting. I'm reading the uh, the executive order regarding the pork um, plant, the Smithfield plant in Sioux Falls. Okay. And it says, um, 
This is section two of it. Suspension of county enforcement. I temporarily, this is Christy Noem as the governor, I temporarily suspend the authority granted to the Board of County Commissioners in SDC 11225 from being used to enforce violations of the overstocking of pork operations above the maximum permitted animal number due to the COVID-19 pandemic and pork market disruption caused by the closure of a regional pork processing plant. So now we're going to have just a glut of pork, of pigs laying around? Uh, well, I, I, that, I, I heard that, today earlier. I was talking to a guy. Uh, speaking of Walmart, yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, no, sorry, that was bad. Perfect. Uh, I was talking to a guy earlier today, and uh, he said hog farmers are killing young pigs, just dumping them because. They, it's cheaper to kill them than to try to continue to keep them because they have nowhere or to go. They'll make less money or they'll they'll lose less money. Correct, by right. Correct, yeah, because they're still wow. out, but they will be out less. And uh, he, uh, this friend also had another, uh, had a, a relative, I believe, who works there, and they are taking the animal that goes into the pork plant and they are taking it right into the rendering bucket, whole thing. Oh my gosh. So talk about waste from this. Yeah, that's crazy. It's all COVID nineteen. So he well, go ahead. I saw um one definition of elective surgery yep. is a surgery that is scheduled in advance because it does not involve a medical emergency. That is every um uh, pre-scheduled C-section. Probably, probably uh, a lot of heart surgeries. Or... Yeah. <clears throat> oh man, yeah, I'm sorry. that is crazy. Okay, here's the question. Question. Uh. <clears throat> I'm trying to find the, uh, we were going to talk yesterday. Um, it's about the, uh, the flu numbers. Oh, yep. brother. Why in the world? Um, if we've had 46,000 roughly flu deaths in America so far this season, and that is with a vaccine. One of two How things. Many? With many? Nearly 50,000. I think 46,000 is the official number so far. It's the one I read. Of flu? Flu. Yeah, flu related. Flu and pneumonia from this is like prior to COVID. Now everything's COVID. Holy crap. You, you, we think you might have it. You got it. You died from it. Um, okay. So it means one or two things, I think. It certainly begs the question. Uh, with a vaccine, so either the vaccine is useless or it's actually good and the flu is extremely dangerous. Because without um, the flu, we would just have just gobs and gobs more deaths. But Right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess <laughs> one of the questions, you know, if, um, if you're standing on a one-inch... Uh, 
ledge on a cliff. <laughs> okay. Okay. And you fall off. Mm-hmm. Uh, what caused you to fall off the cliff? Was it the wind? Was it uh, you getting um, tired and you slip? Was it you trying to get off of that ledge? My point is, is flu that thing that is going to kill you that something else would have done the trick if it hadn't been for flu? If you would have gotten a cold, <laughs> would you have died? I like, that. Have... I like that visual. Yeah, something else would have done the trick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, but of the people that die, supposedly die of the flu, yeah. it was actually the flu. And then how much did the um, whatever condition you were in contribute to it? Okay, so so then by the, by, I, I'm trying to figure out how to, because I think I get what you're saying. Um, you're on the precipice. And if you yeah. sit there long enough, you will fall off just naturally. Yeah. So if something comes along, whether it be a gust of wind, maybe a billy goat runs along and knocks you off. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. A, a, a rogue bullet nails you yeah. in the... Okay. So... <laughs> so, so <laughs> yes, yeah. So, so then, so, so the question is, what do we blame for the death? Yeah. Ah. So, I mean, they're doing that with COVID-19. Uh-huh. I wonder how much they do that with flu. Ooh. <clears throat> and I don't know if that's even a uh, question you can answer, but... Hmm. So... Well, but if but, it's COVID-related, we can answer it. Just ask the, the, the professionals and the experts. They'll tell you that. Yeah, but... Uh, imagine if if you had that flu season mm-hmm. and you compressed all those deaths in a three-week period or a four-week period, mm-hmm. you're going, holy crap, this mm-hmm. was a bad season. This is outrageous, crazy. But it's over six months or eight months or a year. Well, I think it's over a year, right? So well, but, but this is like the numbers that I read, they claim it started in October, November. And so that's where they get their numbers from. Yeah. Um I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But even even if that's the case, that's still four or five months versus three or four weeks, you know. So I again <laughs> is it now I I get that because then you have you know there's something that causes death quicker potentially. You know, it it's it brings on death faster. Uh, it it hurries up. <laughs> it does the trick quicker. <laughs> but then, but then also that goes along with that is that how many people get influenza and have no symptoms? They don't reflect that mm. on the influenza fatality rate. Mm-hmm. So they use that fatality rate based upon the people that have influenza and are diagnosed with influenza. So, so they, they're not guessing. 1%. What's that? So mm-hmm. I don't think, so when people say it's just like flu, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's tons and tons of people that haven't been um, tested and diagnosed with influenza who actually had it, had a, a mild case of it mm-hmm. that isn't part of it. So, um, so the flu numbers could be way higher. 
what's that? So the flu numbers could be way higher than way our, higher. And therefore, the fatality rate could be way lower by I, the same order of magnitude. And I mean, thus, this covid numbers are the same way. Correct. Oh, absolutely. Okay. But but this is what they this is what they do. They say, well, there's all these people that have covid, but don't get sick. And so the actual fatality rate is 0.2 percent. And so it's like flu. Well, that's not the case. You don't use the same reasoning with flu. Now you're comparing apples and oranges. If you use that same reasoning with flu, Mm -hmm. where tons more people get it and have mild symptoms, that 0.1 fatality rate might be 0.01% fatality rate. And so COVID still is, has a much higher fatality rate than flu. Mm. If you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So you're appealing to ignorance. I mean, you you shouldn't make a case based on what you don't know. But but they are? Is that what you're claiming? Yes. Well, I shouldn't say that. With the best case, they they are making, and both sides do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, both sides, the ones who say COVID-19 is no big deal, Mm -hmm. and those that say, COVID-19 is a huge deal. Yeah. They both do they both do it. But what I mean in my opinion what it should be right from the get-go and there's no way of doing that because every state is different and it's like herding sheep. Mm-hmm. And um if if you had a coordinated event or coord uh some coordination on how they do do things it'd be different but there's no possible I mean I I I guess I'm just saying it should be in a way that there's no possible way it could be that way in that if if they would have come out and said we are going to do uh, or if we if they would have either come out and said you know what this is going to be hard and it's going to be hard for six months to a year there are going to be a lot of people that are going to get sick and unfortunately there are going to be uh, a lot of people that are going to die but you know these are the reasons why we are uh, not shutting down things. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you could have maybe made a, a better case, but just, I mean, in, in, in the United States at this point, you make the case to allow a three-year-old to start doing transgender surgery. And the case you make is based upon one person. Well, put yourself in this person's shoes. Right. You knew, right. You know, and mm-hmm. and so they do that all they do that all the time anyway. So uh, I, just, I guess my point yeah. is we're screwed either way. <laughs> well, hey man to that. Uh, I just saw a headline and then we'll we'll close this up because I think this is interesting. Uh, the Senate has just apparently passed uh, a new three point five. What's it? Coronavirus three point five safety bill, something like that. Well, um, they just added. They ran out of money on the previous one. Yeah, now. because some problems arose. Uh, Shake Shack yep. decided to sneak in and get some of that money. Uh, Ruth Chris, about twenty million dollars of it went to a steakhouse. Um, I have something to say about that. Oh, go for it. And that is, every CEO has a fiduciary duty to the stockholders hmm. to do whatever they can to increase the uh, the stock price, which is why we are in China. Ah. Why so many of our our factories are in China, mm-hmm. 
And I heard somebody talking about one CEO who said, as a CEO, I would recommend to uh, the, uh, the, uh, the board that we need to make these products in China because we'll save a few cents on each item. But to everybody else, I, will, I would turn around and say, there's no way we, you should send any business over to China because mm. he had a fiduciary duty. Right. So, so, um, the so, CEO, so these guys are just doing their job by, by finding every loophole, job. right? Yeah. It just happens to look it's really like, bad. It's like attorneys. They do every, <laughs> yeah. Even though they oh, yeah. know somebody's yeah. guilty, they, mm-hmm. they'll do everything in their power. Okay. And so, so then, um, they should, uh, write bills and, uh, fi- financial bills with smaller loopholes mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, make it so that um, they wouldn't have been able to get that money in the first place. Ah, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said Wednesday he favors allow us today. Today, by the way, <laughs> is April twenty second. Yep. Says he favors allowing struggling states, uh, states that are struggling with high public employee pension costs, amid the burdens of the pandemic response, to declare bankruptcy rather than giving them a federal bailout. Quote, I would certainly be in favor, uh, I would certainly be in favor of allowing states to use the bankruptcy route. Uh, It saves some cities, and there's no good reason for it to not be available. Really? You raised yourself the import. you raised, you said this farther down, talking to a uh, a radio host in uh, Hugh Hewitt. Um... Uh, the host cited California, Illinois, and Connecticut as states that had given too much to public employee unions, and McConnell said he was reluctant to take on more debt for any rescue. Uh, quote, you raise yourself the important issue of what states have done. Many of them have done to themselves with their pension programs. Uh, there's not going to be any desire on the Republican side to bail out state pensions by borrowing money from future generations. So he is willing for the the states to file bankruptcy, whatever that and means. What what that would allow the, the issue is pensions. Mm-hmm. They um, they have this huge unfunded liability mm-hmm. that they have to pay for things. Mm-hmm. If they go bankrupt, then uh, the people that are getting the pension money would get completely hosed, but the state would be in a better position. So it wipes out their agreement with the employees. Yeah. So here's here's my uh, thought. Everyone is freaking out because uh, the U.S. Postal Service is going to go out of business soon. Apparently. I know. Apparently. And for how many billion could they? Yeah. But well, it, and but here's the deal. And you, so you do a little Google search uh, on, on the Postal Service and why it's out of money. And the reason it's out of money is because George W. Bush... Uh, I don't remember the date, but sign, he he signed the uh, the PAEA, which gave the Postal Service new accounting and funding rules for its retiree pension and health benefits. Oh, they oh, have, yes. they are, um, yes. uh, let's see, the the Postal Service get this receives no taxpayer subsidies. And it is required by law to pre-fund its health, its retirees' health benefits. Yes. Yeah. Up until yep. 2056, 
This is a $5 billion a year cost, and it's a requirement. Yep. What other public or private entity is required to prefund for the next 56 years? No, sorry, 36 years. Um, I don't know. None. But- I don't think any. So the post office actually is a profitable product outside of that legal requirement that Congress, thank you to George W. Bush, placed on it. And yet we're panicking. Now, the one thing, see, I've I've heard some talk that the Postal Service, a lot of governments and law enforcement, they don't like the post office because it's federally protected. It's It's a federal crime to mess with someone's mail. Sure. You can't even technically... Put something in someone's mailbox unless you are a postal service worker. Or open up their mail. Absolutely. Yeah. Even by accident, you technically broke the law. Yeah. So uh, the, the thing is, uh, the postmark on a, po- on a on a stamp or, you know, on, on the letter is yep. absolutely legal document. You know, yep. your, your taxes are due on a certain day. Well, if the postmark is shows a certain date, it's valid. Uh, if you have a certified letter sent to you from a lawyer or from a judge, that certified piece of it makes it a legal document. If we run everything through UPS, FedEx, DHL, some private system, we are not going to have that protection, which makes law enforcement really like it because it's much easier to go into a private company and force them to give you people's information than to go into a federally protected entity. Kind of like the telecoms, you know, it used to be a big deal. You to, to wiretap someone, that took quite a bit. Nowadays, hey, Verizon. <clears throat> oh, you're using Google Voice. All right. We'll just turn, let's open the switch and you can listen. It's fine. I don't know. I think we're down the road of danger. Oh, I, I took, for, for the life of me with the post office, I don't, I get the way people get bent out of shape about some of these things. Um, I, you know, I understand that people might be against some kind of bailout to the post, uh, to the post office. Um, but if they were consistent across the board, it might be, a, I might listen more. You know what I mean? Oh, you mean the um, whiners? Yeah. The mm-hmm. whiners. Uh, especially in Congress, who have no problem bailing out <laughs> right. X number of companies, yeah. but they don't like to post. You know, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. be consistent across the board, and yeah. I'll respect you. You know, that's oh, you why mean... a lot of people like Bernie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because Bernie Sanders, okay, he's a commie. He's a filthy, filthy, rotten communist. Hey, he's on board with Biden now. Okay, yeah, <laughs> he's his buddy, but he's a lot more consistent than other. There was. Uh, a Minnesota Senator Paul Weinstein, uh, Wellstone, Wellstone, that's it. He died in a plane crash in like 2007 or eight. I mean, he was, he was extremely liberal, but the thing about him is that he was pretty consistent on, on, you know, what he believed, Mm -hmm. um, or how he responded to certain things. And at the very least, you can at least respect people that are like that. Yeah. It's true. Well, that's all I had just for the moment. I mean, there's plenty more we could go into, but that'll have to wait. Okay. This is the David Allen Show. 
DavidAllenShow.com if you're interested. Uh, YMillbank.com is the, the home of uh, everything that comes out of this studio in Millbank, South Dakota. And yes. Any last thoughts before we ra- wrap this shorty up? Uh, I got nothing. Nothing, huh? Brother. Yeah. yeah. Weird. Yeah. Ain't that the truth? Indeed. This is the David Allen Show. DavidAllenShow.com. This is a throwback from uh, 1989. 1989, everybody. This called Ride. It's Joe Satriani, one of the best guitar players of all time. Have a good one. We will talk again soon. Okay. See ya. Ta-ta.